Hello, welcome to another episode of One for the Table. I'm your host, Kim Chi. And I'm John Kung. Ta-da! <laughs> Kim is currently on the road right now doing her tour for Work the World. Is that right? Yeah. Tour officially hasn't started, but we're like in the rehearsal phase right now. So I'm in New York City. Yeah. Oh, that's why you're in New York. That makes so much sense because I know you can't you you won't go there unless if you can help it. No, I love New York City. It's a city full of people with dreams, um, <laughs> full of art, culture. Um, is it the most convenient city? I don't think so. For some reason, they booked our hotel in the middle of Times Square. Oh no! Where where are you? It's like the Hard Rock Cafe, like in or the Hard Rock Hotel in Times Square. Whoa. Going in and out of here is like really, really inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. I once spent, I think, almost two weeks staying at not a hotel, but like a service apartment in Times Square. It was the Aka and it was right on like 44th Street. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like right out my door. And it got to the point where like, I think by the latter part of my trip, I was just like avoiding reasons to leave my apartment just so I wouldn't have to deal with Times Square. Yes. And also, all the food around here is really expensive. And Yeah, because it's all touristy and it's not actually all that good. No. And also, when you order like food delivery app, a lot of times in New York, they deliver on bikes, you know, which is, I yeah. completely understand why, you know, it makes sense. But then like, I don't know, they don't like do anything to like protect the food, like being on the bike. So then everything oh, just really? kind of like spills everywhere. And when you like meet the food delivery person, they hand you like a wet sack. Yeah, that's the experience. And then yesterday I was like hungry for dinner. So I was like looking up around here, like what's walking distance? And there was like a ramen place, um, which Ichiran Ramen, which I've had in Japan, is great. Um you know, it's like just like one of those like booth system, and then you get to pick like all these options and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So all I got was uh, their basic ramen, which is twenty two dollars. Yeah, which is also very expensive to begin with. But I'm like, all right, Times Square, you know. Yeah. Um. So then I got like the basic topping set, which was seven dollars. Yeah. So it just comes with like a little bit of like mushrooms, extra scallion, two pieces of cashew, two pieces of seaweed. I got an ice green tea. And then I added on an egg because, you know, like ramen and egg. Of course. You know, and I added on a little extra noodles, which were $4. So it really wasn't like that much what I got extra. Right. Right? Sounds like you got a basic ramen bowl. But I did get a basic ramen bowl. Yeah. My bill for just that ramen bowl, $47. Yeah, New York's really expensive, especially where you are. I always say that between LA and New York, mm -hmm. you can eat really well in Los Angeles for actually a very reasonable amount oh, yeah. of money every day. To eat just as well, as far as like the quality and enjoyment of food in New York, you have to spend so much money. I think New York has better fine dining options. Mm -hmm. But that's not something you can eat every day. I could have a taco every day. 
Yeah. I could have a gorgeous street side taco every day, which we need to talk about that later because I've been reading that people have been attacking taco stands in Los Angeles. And that is fucked up. Yeah, that is messed up. But 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 yeah, the thing is like New York, like New York does have like iconic things like bagels, mm-hmm. pizza, chopped cheese, that kind of thing. But it's like those are those are treats. Well, yeah, maybe the bagel you can have like every day. Everyday nourishment, but, you know? Right. And so it's like, you know, it's everything else is just prohibitively expensive. It's it's mm-hmm. prohibitively expensive to eat well daily in New York or even to survive. I bought like a Dasani bottle of water from a bodega mm-hmm. and it turned to like five anywhere. It was like $5 or $7. It was enough to make me like gag a little bit. I was like, I'm not even at the gym or a hotel. And this is how, this is water on the streets. Yeah. Like, so, um, so I, you know, I saw like a um, bag of blaze, you know, like the normal size that people get. Um, yeah, it was eight ninety nine at the bodega. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to get a bottle of water instead. $7.99 for like a big thing of sweat water. And I'm like, what is this price? I I know. I know. People need to be like, I hope New Yorkers are getting paid to live this way. It is very quickly becoming like not worth it in my mind. Unless you're getting like compensated properly. My hat's off to you, you know, like if you can somehow manage around this lifestyle. Yeah. Financially, I'm comfortable, but even, you know, like, by my standards, it's like, how can, oh, I would how be, can anybody, like, I would be this? struggling. I would be struggling there. Unless, unless, like, maybe prices for that kind of thing mm-hmm. off of Manhattan is more reasonable. Like, I, I, don't, I can't imagine Brooklyn is that much cheaper, but, like, Queens, water in Queens might be a mm-hmm. couple of bucks. But like I'm still gagged that I paid forty seven bucks for a bowl of ramen. Yeah, like I'm I, I'm shook, shaken, and stirred. I can I think what when I get delivery in New York, mm-hmm. I normally go for like a sashimi set lunch mm-hmm. um, or dinner, and I can get away with paying under like forty dollars and being full. But obviously, it's not going to be very good, and I'm ordering stuff like Naruto rolls where it's just like a roll, but it's cucumber instead of rice. And that's more filling, but yeah, it's, it's hard, but I will say you're really close to a really good restaurant over there. Um, called, uh, Kochi. I think it's called Kochi. Kochi. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kochi. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, eat, have you eaten there? Uh, no, it's Michelin starred Korean restaurant in hell's kitchen. It's probably like maybe, 10 to 15 minutes away from you. It's honestly though, there's, immaculate. There's so many it's of so good restaurants in New York. Yeah. But I would, if I were you, I would, I would try to get a table there and table for one mm-hmm. in early, as early as you like to eat. I think you'd be able to do it. I think you would like that place very much. Okay. But I want to talk about this bizarre experience that I had at the ramen shop. Okay. So, <laughs> So you, so it's one of those, you know, like, you line up to get into the ramen shop, right? Yeah. And when I got in, um, I was, like, the last person in line, but there weren't that many people in front of me. There was maybe, like, a party of, like, three Asians and another person and then me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're just waiting, and then out of nowhere, um, these people, like, behind were screaming, like, hey, can you guys go chin so we can get in? Fuck, it's raining outside. And then we like scooted in. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need to teach these people some manners. Like, it's fucking raining outside and we're standing out in the rain and these people... Um, oh, like, that's very coded. Right? And I was like, first of all, like, we've, we've none of us even, like, heard them even open the door or come in. Right. And I want to be like, you could have just been, like, a normal person and say, hey, guys, can you just squeeze in a little bit? And we all would have yeah. put it in. But for you to come into a Japanese establishment and look at a bunch of Asians and say, we need to teach these people some manners. Yeah, that is fucked up. And I thought about saying something, but I'm like, just based on like how aggressive this person is, mm-hmm. um, I feel like talking to them wouldn't really teach them anything. Yeah. I, I It just like, would have been like a waste of like my energy and my day. Yeah. Oftentimes I don't have the time, but I am, I'm more and more starting to find the time because I, I think people feel okay to use coded language around us like that is because most of, most of them have the assumption that like we won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that reason, I've been like, much more okay with being aggressive right back. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, should I have said something? Should I have not said something? Yeah. But if, I don't know, if you're going to be that ignorant and aggressive to begin with, like, chances are, it doesn't matter what I say to them, they'll forever be that way. It's true. I mean, like, they they might forever be that way, or they might think twice, because Mm -hmm. their image of quiet Asians might not be as accurate as they as they say, as they th- initially thought. Also, the setting matters too. I mean, I don't think anybody would try that in K-Town. Yeah. Wait, where were you? Where This, this was the ramen shop in Times Square? Yeah. Yeah, and that person could be from anywhere. In fact, it probably wasn't even a person from New York if you were in a place, in, if, if you were in Times Square. I just don't understand why it's hard for people to be like a decent human being, you know? Uh, who knows? Oh, if you just who say, can like, say? Hey, it's raining outside. Could you just folks scoot in just a little bit? And it wouldn't even like just an excuse so much, like, me. Insider. Like mm-hmm. they could have easily just come in and be fine. But this, like, they constantly just had to say like these people, yeah. which we know what they meant. Exactly, we know what they meant. And then you paid fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> New York got me good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you actually? Did you end up going back to that sushi restaurant that we went to, though? Oh no, I didn't. I should. You should hit up that mu- uh, that uh, that good omakase. I think I also sent you an omakase place on TikTok too. You did, um, yeah. That I saw in New York looked pretty good. Mm. Yesterday, I had to like go to Brooklyn for like a little fitting situation, Oof. and then came back. That is like, as far. like an hour ride there, an hour ride back. Yeah, girl. From where you are, it would have been it would have been better to take the train. It's not any faster to get places in New York than Los Angeles. It's just a different type of travel. Mm-hmm. Like to leave your house is gonna be thirty minutes in New York. I think it's a nicer thirty minutes to forty five minutes, depending on where you're going, because I like the commute better. I like walking better. But uh, yeah, it's it's the same amount of time. I think it's just very personality based. Some people like to be alone in their cars. Other people like to be like surrounded by people and walking. I don't mind walking, but the train is just like 
I don't the know. The train is not. Yeah, I feel like the train too. in the summer. The mm-hmm. train in the summer is miserable, especially when you come from Asia and it's like we have air conditioning, mm-hmm. we have high speed internet, we have uh, we have glass panels that stop people from mm-hmm. falling onto the tracks. We have cleanliness. We have security. We have, we have security. Yeah. We have not the smell of pee mm-hmm. at random times. Around the corner, like, yes. I mean... And then meanwhile, like, in your subway, there's, like, Asian women, like, getting thrown in front of, like, moving trains and... Yes. People getting robbed and... And giant rats. And, I mean, New York subway is a very unique problem in the sense that I think it's the oldest subway system mm-hmm. in the world. And it loses money in operations. Um, and so it's like, you know... They're just busy trying to keep things from crumbling. Meanwhile, places like China, Korea, Hong Kong, um, where they all their stuff is like newer technology and they have like cheaper labor, they can build like much nicer places a lot faster. And you live in New York, like, just even like change one station, I feel like would be so time consuming too, right? Yeah. The fact that there are multiple trains on one line Mm -hmm. was so confusing to me as a person who grew up in Hong Kong, because on Hong Kong, you have like a few colors, like you have like red line, Mm -hmm. blue line, purple line, yellow line, like, and those lines, you, the trains only go back and forth. They only go, yeah, they only go in two directions, Mm -hmm. forwards and backwards. So there was no chance if you were on, if you were on a line there was very little chance for you to get lost. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like, especially if you're going from Manhattan to Brooklyn, like I've gotten lost so many times because, you know, there are, the the, the trains decide to, wait, they don't decide to change, but they do change lines like in the middle of their route. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to like plugging in my headphones and not listening to anyone <laughs> not listening to anyone and anything until I get to my destination. But, you know, you have the subway, the subway speakers in New York. And they, they sound like this. And they tell you like, oh, we're changing, we're changing lines now. <laughs> they sound like adults in like Peanuts cartoons. Yes. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. You know, and I then you're like, the oh. Clean and crisp like voice of like the um Asian like train station. Oh, in, in Hong Kong, it's Ting Siu Sam Temun. Please stand clear of the doors. <laughs> it's always like a very like um, woman with like a great diction with a soft, work welcoming voice. In like three languages and six dialects. Mm-hmm. By the time she's finished telling you to like, please mind the gap, you've already reached the next destination. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, what else could uh, improve in America? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have you, like, gotten any of the really bad rainstorms that we got over here? Rainstorms? Um, Yeah. I mean, it rained yesterday, but I wouldn't call it a rainstorm. Michigan got hit so hard. Apparently, there were, like, two tornadoes last night in different parts of the state. Nighttime tornado. I didn't even know nighttime tornadoes were a thing. But that sounds terrifying to me. Tornadoes in the daytime are bad enough, but can you imagine like just sleeping and like not being able to like, see it, but knowing that it's that is awful. Like, I flew out of LA literally like 
hours before the hurricane and earthquake. Earthquake, yeah. And then I got out of Toronto literally like the earthquake right before all that tornado that you're talking about. Sitch. Yeah. I read something interesting. And by read, I mean, I listened to it on social media that more people die from hurricanes named after women than hurricanes named after men. And it's not because hurricanes named after women oh are just innately more dangerous, but people actually take them a lot less seriously. And that is what gets them killed. Like misogyny, like really do be like killing people in even when it comes to weather. So like people are more likely to evacuate when a hurricane is named after a man, they're more likely to prepare when a hurricane is named after a man. But like when it's like, you know, this past one, Hurricane Hillary, they were like, oh, NBD, like Hillary couldn't even like win, beat Trump in the election. I'm, I'm not going to worry about this hurricane. Meanwhile, like people get killed because of that exact like, this is not way of thinking. That, um, and and it, it, I thought that was like super interesting. Um, the actual victims, you know, who just, you know. I'm not, no, I'm talking in general. I don't think no, anybody died so, in Hurricane Hillary. Like, rest in peace. My condolences to your family. Like, if oh, you no, lost no. a loved one in, like, one of these hurricanes. But if you died because you underestimated a hurricane just because it was a female named, maybe you deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like, know where you were going with that. I would... <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't think I, I thought you were talking, I thought you had said that because of what I said. And I was like, I don't think what I said was like very, like, in, was like a targeted <laughs> at victims of hurricanes. Like, and then you follow we, it up with that. Ain't nobody got time for misogyny. Literally. I mean, uh, honestly, no. Honestly, no. And I, you know what? I can't really say anything better because I did say, like, like, kill like, all men two weeks ago. Really the world will warp if all men actually, like, died. I think about, like, random, like, disaster scenarios. I don't even think about that. I, thought, I think about, like, mm-hmm. how, how, like, when it came to primitive society, men were probably more men and even, like, to some extent, psychopathic Mm -hmm. men were probably super useful when people were like warring tribes against each other but then once we got like civilized we're like so obsolete sometimes like when i'm like riding on a plane like what if there was like a Mm -hmm. nuclear holocaust and like the world ended but then only survivors were people on this plane what what would you do if you thought about, like, do, would you look around to see, like, who you got to deal with? Or would you be like, um, I wouldn't want to survive. Yeah. You know, I'm not afraid of death. And I'm fine, like, mm. going as long as I know everyone else is going with me. Mm. <laughs> no. If I was the only one, like... Get... Not you. <laughs> Not you having FOMO, and that's the only reason yeah, for like your you living. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go, and it's like you know what, you know, all the dinosaurs died off at one point. You know, maybe it's our turn. You know, I do. Yeah, I honestly, I also think about like who's trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. 
What is on the other side of that? So, like, if the world actually had a zombie apocalypse, I'll let a zombie scratch me. Uh. And then just, like, slowly turn me into a zombie. Oh. I would shoot myself. No, even then, like, that could be too painful. And- I mean, not if you hit, like, I, I would, I, I think I, no, I think that would be, like, the least. Or I would do the thing where you, like, you know, I'm not going to talk about the, the intricate details and I, of how, but there are ways to, like, just put yourself to sleep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there are like, ways to do that, and I'd be okay with like, that. Which, like, if you somehow, like, manage to survive, then you're, like, freaking, like, disfigured. Uh, disfigure like, you're not even disfigured but like think of like your life after that yeah. you're eating leaves you're trying to survive zombies suddenly winter is something that can kill you mm-hmm. now and the people that and the other survivors are probably assholes mm-hmm. let's be real like the other survivors are the kill or be killed type people mm-hmm. survival at all cost type people. i don't want to be around that I want to be dead with all of the other people that have like, that are just like vibing out and up, up in heaven or hell, wherever, just not here, just not anywhere, but here. Yeah. And then watch like somehow Australia is fine. <laughs> they managed to keep Australia out. <laughs> so the entire world has gone to like this, but like Australia. Most ironic like... things like zombies are terrified of like kangaroos <laughs> and spiders. And Australian accents. And Australian accents? No, that's just me. <laughs> but yeah. The zombie apocalypse. Mm. How did we get here? Oh, Wait, New York. Why would you like have to eat to survive like during a zombie apocalypse? I mean, I know some foraging. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm able to identify edible plants, but not to the extent that I think that I could make like a giant, a big enough meal. Like you'd have to hunt, you'd have to forage, you'd have fish, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff that I know how to do recreationally, but I don't know if I'd be good enough. I would, I would mistake, I would mistake something for something else and probably accidentally poison myself. I feel like if there was like a zombie apocalypse, Costco wouldn't be a bad place to get locked in. Yeah, but that would be like the first place that everybody would go. And then you're dealing with, like, the first people who got into Costco. You're dealing with the people who, like, got shotguns first at Sam's Club and now are at Costco afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, go to Sam's Club for the shotguns and then, like, Costco for the hot dogs. And so, like, you know, those places would just be, like, full of people that are already there and just probably, like, bad, selfish people, too. But if you can manage getting there, I feel like it would be easy to keep the zombies out at Costco the way it's designed. And... Oh, yeah, that's true, because there's only one way in and one way out, yeah. plus fire exits. Yeah, and that's fair. They have a full kitchen, and they have, like, all yeah. the kitchen tools. And bathrooms. And bathrooms, and also, um, like, literally entertainment. Yeah. Everything you could possibly need. All- you could do, like, a small commune city at a Costco. Yeah. For a little while, at least. Until Lots the- of refrigeration. Just move all the meat into the freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. You know what would be even better, though? Restaurant Depot. Oh. But Restaurant Depot wouldn't have the entertainment that Costco would have. They would not have the entertainment. And Restaurant Depot, without a zombie apocalypse, is already one of the most depressing places on Earth. Mm -hmm. And also, once you start going to Restaurant Depot, 
mm-hmm. you kind of like it's hard to take like a lot of restaurants seriously. Like, yeah, if you look at like why it's depressing frozen dumplings and you go like, oh, this restaurant just like fries this up and charges like yeah, these. Oh, do you have crab rangoons that this restaurant charges like twelve dollars for like four piece? Worse or, upon worse is when you see stuff like like mac and cheese and potato salad mm-hmm. in vats. Once you start seeing them, once you start seeing that stuff being sold by like green bean salad sold by like the 10 gallon tub, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, oh, we're gross. That being said, like you could, you could literally take a bath in potato salad. Does the seeing potato salad in like large amounts gross you out? There's something about it. There's just that there's just something about a lot, just a big amount of potato salad. I mean, it's meant to feed the masses. I mean, it's not, I don't, I'm not saying I don't like potato salad. It's just that like when you have that much of anything that's based, that's mayo based, it's just a lot to see. Yeah, but it's like not meant for like a family, but it's meant to feed like hundreds of people. Oh, hundreds of, and hundreds of people. Yeah. I just think nothing should be like that quantity of any of a lot of things that's meant to be eaten is just weird. Why? I mean, you, you've done like dinners for like big groups of people. I know, but like not, not. Okay. At, at no point in time do I have 50 pounds of potato salad anywhere. It, it's just a weird thing to see about a potato salad that you can actually go inside. Mm, but if you're like, I don't know. Maybe catering a summer wedding and like the menu was like barbecue. You would grab that potato salad. Girl, no. You would grab that potato salad. I would not be grabbing that potato salad. You don't like potato salad at barbecues? No, I also don't like that quite a quality of food for myself. I mean, yes, though, you're a chef, bud. Yeah, no, it's it's the same thing. It's like it's the same thing as seeing like those those fake ass like crab rangoons and stuff like that in large quantity. It was just like none of it's real. It there's like a there's a false quality to it that just it, yeah, it it just doesn't seem real to me. <laughs> that that is like the most like bizarre take I've heard you say. Yeah. That's why I think like things at, at Restaurant Depot when they're sold in just like that huge amounts of quality, like, like quantity, it, that's that's like this the place, the hospitals, the cafeterias, the Cisco stuff. No one's looking at an American public school lunch thinking, mm, I want 80 pounds of that. Yeah, but also American, like it is like a known fact that America has like the worst lunch out of like everyone in the world. Yeah. And that's why, like, and that's the same thing. That that that's who the, that's where that potato salad is going. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, <laughs> John hates some um, mayo things in large quantities. Let it be known. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I just have an aversion to fifty pounds of mayo. Anything. Fifty pounds of mayo. Anything. Anything. Yeah, girl. And it's like, and you know how much those things cost too? It's probably like I wonder if we can price it out. It's probably like twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's for a suspiciously low amount of money. Mm-hmm. Quantity over quality, you know? That's and that's it. That's that's I think that's just like what it is in yeah, you definitely cannot see what they offer. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you log in. Also, Although I do have a, I do have a membership. 
Also, on a random note, can we talk about wedding food for a second? Yeah, sure. On average wedding, when you go, the options are grilled chicken breast, mm-hmm. grilled steak, and pasta, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And sometimes yes. they'll have fish and like whatnot. But yes. Why is it that these wedding chicken and wedding steak is always dry? And no one really seems to like enjoy it or like throw it up for them. And yet they keep serving them at every weddings. Uh, it's because people are probably because it's still a hundred dollars a plate per person as far as cost to the people paying for the wedding. It, it costs anywhere between like one to I think, depending on like drinks and stuff like that, like one to, I would say $300 on average for a wedding guest. And so like you save on the food because people think, oh, well, people are just going to, are just here to like drink and party. So like the food is just like something for the dinner time. Um, actually one of the, the best wedding dinners I ever had was in Puerto Rico and it was all, it was all like really, really good uh, Latin food. In Korea, a lot of times, like when you get married, everyone that attend the wedding get like a little food voucher. And then mm-hmm. you take that food voucher to the buffet. And like the buffet has like everything. And then mm-hmm. everyone they eats like whatever they want off the buffet. And they're happy and merry. But I just don't understand... Like, I'm so sick of fucking seeing dried chicken breast and, like, dried steak. at That is, like, one, in one of the places where they could try to save money, I'm guessing. I'm looking it up here. A 100-person wedding can cost between twenty to $30,000. But it's like, it doesn't necessarily save money either. There are, like, other things that they could do that's much cheaper, but oh, also yeah. special. I would totally have just, like, pizza party. I, I feel like if I were to do a chicken option, it would be, like... Fried chicken, chicken. Tikka masala. Oh, or chicken tikka masala. Indian, see, Indian food, mm-hmm. such a good idea for wedding catering mm-hmm. because a lot of those restaurants are already used to catering for huge banquets. So they could do like your tiny little 100 person wedding in their sleep. Mm-hmm. And the food is good because a lot of it is very saucy, which means not a lot of it will be like, it won't be dry. Exactly. It's on rice with vegetables. So it's filling. Mm-hmm. And it keeps really well. Chicken breasts are also like one of the least offensive things <laughs> to, uh, let's face it, a Western audience. And so they eat that because like, not because it's good, but because people, more people can stomach it than anyone. Chicken, beef, or fish. Like those are usually the options or chicken, beef, or vegetarian. Mm -hmm. Those are usually the options for it. And like, you're not trying to, in that situation, you're not really concerned with showing people a really great time in the terms of the dinner, maybe the rest of the wedding. Yeah. But you're just trying to like, piss off the least amount of people. And when you're choosing your wedding, aren't you choosing it for like the grumpy elderly people that are invited to the wedding? I don't know. I don't think I know enough grumpy elderly people. No, me neither. But yeah, I do. I, I, it does make me very, very sad if the, if the food is not at a wedding is not great. I just great. feel like you went out of your way to have a ceremony and make the whole day special. Yeah. And I feel like Food is such like a special part of like the whole experience that the food should be special. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially if you're going to do like a kind of wedding banquet thing. But we need to take a break really quick. We'll, we'll get back to this. We'll return after a minute. And we're back. What wedding did you go to that made you think this way? I was just thinking about like all the past weddings I've attended. Mm. And I just remember like... When they when it's like an option of like chicken breast beef or pasta, mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like none of these options are satisfying. Yeah. But also it's not like I'm gonna like leave wedding to get food somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you know my motto when it comes to food, don't swallow unless it's delicious. Yeah. Or unless it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. You know? And just being full on mediocre food just makes me so mad because I only get so many meals a day. It's giving it's so, very much giving like airline options. Mm-hmm. It's like the chicken beef or vegetarian rice bowl thing. Like it's not. Yeah. yeah. I, I also wish people put more thought into it, but you also have to like, maybe in those situations, people that actually like plan the wedding food, isn't really like high on their priorities for joy either. Not everybody likes food as much as we do, which is weird to think about. But I, I do just think about like my ex who like food was literally for fuel it was fuel to them there was food and then there was pizza and pizza was the only thing he liked that's another wedding where they brought a food truck from in and out yeah that's nice. and the guests would just get like in and out burgers yeah that's cool see like that is great yeah like, that, is see, great. that is special oh and yeah. a lot of times you're stuck with your venues catering mm. like it actually you if you pick a venue that you really like, a lot of them force you to use their kitchen. And if you don't use their kitchen, they charge you for it anyway. And then you have to pay for an extra amount of catering to come in. And then you probably don't get to use any of their staff and you have to bring in your own staff. So if your wedding is at like a nice wedding style venue, a lot of them will trap you that way in the sense that like, you know, you pretty much have to pay for two catering operations just to feed people once. And you're kind of stuck with the shitty food that your venue has. Oh my God, wedding industry is a scam. I mean, paying $30,000 to get married is a scam. There was like a show on um, Netflix, I forgot what it was called, but so basically um, every episode they feature a different like um, soon to be newlyweds mm -hmm. and they take them to show their like beautiful like dream house mm -hmm. or they take them to like show their like beautiful dream wedding and then at the end they get to choose between whether they're going to pick the dream home or their dream wedding oh my god and how often do people pick the home um it's about half and half are you it, serious yeah and whenever anyone will pick the dream wedding over the dream home i'm like wedding is one day one day a dream like home, home you spend the rest of your life with the person that actually matters yeah so it's just like baffled me that like weddings are that big of a deal to people huh i guess not me i mean i wouldn't know because you know forever single <laughs> but even then i don't know i just feel like the wedding part of you has to like i don't know i feel like this might be like a brave yet controversial opinion um so much of like the attention is like on you 
and mm-hmm. you're related. And I don't think you have to like love like parading your like relationship to like other people to like a certain level. I think also a lot though, like in a lot of situations though, weddings aren't even for the couple getting married, but like for the parents of the couple. Mm-hmm. But then are the parents going to pay for the wedding at that point? Well, you know? a lot of times they do. Oh, do they? Yeah. Is that a thing? A lot of times they, uh, yeah. A lot of, I, I, I don't, there, there's traditions around it, but like, obviously as a person getting gay married someday, um, I don't really think about that. So, but I know there's like rules or guidelines. I don't know. Unspoken wedding rules. But for the, to the point where you like talk about people who live, really like to parade their relationships, obviously I don't. I barely show any part of my relationship on social media. But mm-hmm. like, I can't, I could never be the type of like couples TikTok or family or family YouTubers. Like that is, that's a level of comfort with the internet that I don't think I can ever, I will ever do. Mm. Well, the so family YouTubers make me a little bit They're very, weird. They are like the weird. Little, like little kids that are participating. That's like, literally child labor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and, like, do they really consent this? <laughs> yeah. I remember there was like one family YouTuber that was like, uh, they tried to adopt a child from Asia. And oh, then yes. they canceled the adoption because they found out that there was a policy that didn't allow the child to be filmed. And mm-hmm. so they're like, we're canceling the adoption. But they were, on one hand, they were career YouTubers already, I think. But like the way they went about and said it as if they were like withholding their cert, their, their freaking like, it was very, I guess they don't want, I guess this shop doesn't want my money type vibe. And I was just like, this is awful. This is terrible. Yeah, I think they got canceled pretty hard for that, didn't they? Well, I think they deserve to. I think Los Angeles or California is putting in a rule for kids of family YouTubers now in the same way that they were protecting, like there there are protections for child actors or some protections for child actors. Mm -hmm. They all still seem pretty messed up to me but yeah did you see that there's like a podcast or something that stars like former child actors and they just talk about like all of their trauma and they're unloading all of their experiences <laughs> on each it is fascinating it is fascinating I, I was never a disney kid or a nickelodeon kid but i learned mm-hmm. who josh peck was real quick and oh like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and i was just like wow these people have gone through it they're mm-hmm. gone so like they went, they've gone through so much and like, they're only just now 20 years later starting to heal. It seems it's rough. Yeah. I mean, working from like such like a young age and being like, like forced into the spotlight. That messes you up, you know, but then people are like, Oh, you're rich. It doesn't matter. You know, but like, but they're not. Yeah, they're really not. They they literally spend a lot of them. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them spend everything they have on like their substance abuse issues mm-hmm. and as their coping mechanism with like how crazy their lives have been. Yeah, 
But I'm glad um, our Queen Hillary Duff made out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she stays. She stays. <laughs> Let the rain fall down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Miley Cyrus seems pretty okay too. She went through a phase, but she seems mm-hmm. very well adjusted. Yeah, she seems very well adjusted, and I I actually really love the stuff that she produces, like the music that she does. Like she is, Mm -hmm. her voice is so unique, and it's so powerful. It's great for rock and country and pop. Like I I really like her. Also, she just seems like a cool chick that you want to hang out with. She does. Like she she's she's the auntie that's seen some wild times. Mm-hmm. but has learned from them and has grown from them. And now she's just like fun. Yeah. I can't say that much about the other pop stars. Well, but, um, no, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> but we are not a pop culture podcast. Yeah, we are not a pop culture we podcast. We are just two old people talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, okay, so back to, so what do you know about like the taco truck attacks in Los Angeles, and like that—that that has to be like a universally loved establishment in Los Angeles, right? Like, yes, oh my God, of all people to rob, you're going to like rob like these immigrants who's probably working like day and night, you know, to like make money for their family. Yeah, like, oh my God, it makes me so mad. And they're like providing a serve. Not only they're they're like literally doing a huge net positive ad to the mm-hmm. neighborhood that they operate in everyone's mm-hmm. lives. Cause they're, they're not noisy. They're usually mm-hmm. in like a commercial area or like taking up like some commercial parking lot that's not being used. Yo. And so like they're putting like <coughs> space and vibrancy into what would normally be just like an abandoned space and then serving delicious tacos out of there. Everyone around their benefits Mm-hmm. This makes me so much more mad than the news of like Gucci <laughs> getting yeah, robbed. Like, LVMH getting robbed, like whatever. You know, yeah. Like, they but take like, enough money from people, like, you know, they, they'll, they'll be fine. Totally. But these people, like, every dollar is very important to them. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's the reason why, like, whenever I get like $10 worth of tacos, I tip them $10. Yes. You know? It's worth it. It's There was somebody. In there, there's somebody in there who spent literally five or six hours of their day doing nothing but chopping, slicing jalapenos and chopping onions and picking cilantro. Like mm-hmm. that is such mind bending work. Just like that is just monotonous work. But somebody does it and they do it well. And people there, they're making their salsas and they're making their tortillas. Like what the hell? I'm not mention like. They're, you know, like grilling hot meat under like a hot sun all day. In the in hundred degree weather. Mm-hmm. And like how how fucking dare you to even like you know, not even just take their money, but like to like beat them up and I was just oh my god. I know. Like, where's the humanity? Where's the kindness? Like I don't care like how hard your life is. It's not as hard as theirs. Exactly. And they're actually like taking the time to like make other people's lives better. Exactly. Like, you're a piece of shit if you're robbing these taco stands. And I hope you die a very painful death. <laughs> who was it that said this? Like, oh, it was Bob. It was Bob who said, like, I'm not a witch. I can't cast curses on people. Just because I say something doesn't mean it's going to happen. But 
I hope this person gets hurt or I hope something awful happens to this person. And yeah, I kind of feel the same way about these people that do the taco truck things, attacks. Mm. All the taco stands, I am with you. Solidarity. My heart goes out to all of you. Please stay safe and keep making those delicious tacos for us. I mean, I would donate to, I would, I don't live down there and I would donate to that GoFundMe. But speaking of which, I want tacos now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which don't bother and don't I, like not not to disparage New York tacos, but there's no tacos in New York that are going to be as good as the street tacos in LA. So you might as well just go out there and get a bagel. Yeah, which is what I've been doing. Also, I saw something like traumatizing yesterday. What? Uh, I was like in an Uber, and then Uber was like. On the backside of, like, a pretzel and hot dog vendor. Mm-hmm. One of his, like, pretzels basically, like, touched the ground. Oh. And he just, like, quietly picked up. Oh. Put it back on the rack. Oh, And, like, no, no one saw it because it was, like, the car, like, was covering the front, but I could see it from the back. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I will never buy one of those pretzels. Oh, that's awful. I have a good bagel place recommendation for you. Is it near Times Square? It's in Chinatown. How far is Chinatown from Times Square? Mm, it's not close, but it's we'll close on anyway. the subway. Yeah, it's called Baz's Bagels. Um, B-A-Z or B-A-Z um, Bagels. And it's, it's, it's in Chinatown. It's really, really good. Especially Baz's if you're bagels. on the way to Brooklyn for any reason, mm-hmm. um, it's on your way. Oh, it looks good. I'm looking at pictures. It's very good. I stayed out in in the cold for those bagels, and I was still very happy. Oh, they have different flavor cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first night I was here, I went to a bodega, and they had, mm-hmm. like, bagel with different cream cheeses. Um, and I was like, oh, can I get, like, um, everything bagel with garden veggie cream cheese? And the guy's like, we're out. And I'm like, oh, okay, then um, can I get the everything bagel with jalapeno cream cheese? Like, we're out of that, too. We only a plane. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So then he toasted the everything bagel, which I know, like, toasting a bagel is, like, not a thing in New York. It it, it doesn't really matter. It, like, if the bagels aren't fresh, yeah, but no, no, then but toasting does make them better. That's, that's not the point. Yeah, 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 I know. The point is, he put the um, cream cheese on the bagel. Eh. And then he proceeded to chop up peppers, tomatoes, and red onions. And then he put it on the bagel. And then he's like, see, garden veggie cream cheese. I'm like, "Uh, okay, okay. But these were like huge chunks of like diced peppers and onions and like, like, but also like he didn't even give me an option to like not want that. You know? Yeah, that is. And then he rang me up and he charged <laughs> me nine fifty for it. <laughs> and I was like, "Did I just get scammed?" It sounds like it. <laughs> like I got a bagel, a bagel with like diced chunks of cheap veggie that I didn't even want. Oh boy, sorry. <laughs> I have very good experiences when I'm in New York. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty blessed. Oh, I mean, I've had good experiences too. 
just um, maybe not this time around. You need to hit up our friend Kushbu for some like good reservations at some of like the Indian restaurants there. I want to go to Damaka with you so oh, bad. Get on a flight right now. I can't Can go there for dinner tonight. That waiting list is like a hundred people long. Yeah, we need we need to like hit up connections to get a table there. Well, I could get in line now and buy some <laughs> right. here. We might be ready. But yeah, I want to go with you, and I want to go with like at least one or two other people because the last time I was there, mm-hmm. I went with only just one other person, and it wasn't enough. I wanted to try everything because everything that I ordered from that restaurant was so good, and I don't even think I said it properly. It might be Damaka, not Damaka, but yeah. What? You get canceled over my mispronunciation of mm-hmm. a restaurant name. Well-established um, Indian restaurant here in New York City. Oh, I want it. I want. I, I would eat there all the time. I also really love this um, restaurant called Jacob's Pickle. Oh, I don't know that place. Bob the Drag Queen at first like brought me here, and then like me and Naomi, we became like obsessed. Jacob's Pickle. Yeah, and it's a pickle place it's a pickle place but it's mostly southern food oh ooh, it's pretty i love the decor mm-hmm. and then all of their pickles are delicious um they're like hot chicken biscuit comes like loaded with like they're like house-made pickles and oh. i think a good balance of like sweet tart and you know savory oh nice wait who's who's out there with you who, who, like, who's on this tour, in this tour group with you? It's not tour group, but you know um, what I mean. Bunch of queens, but they all have a show, but I'm not on the show yet, so. What do you mean they all have a show? Like, they're still on Work the World North America. Oh, so you're just rehearsing for the Asia leg. Yeah. Uh, how long so, are you there for? Um, We leave tomorrow. Oh, where are you going first? Where's your first stop? DC. Oh, so you're gonna do a show in DC first, and then like rehearsal in DC, and then oh. Tokyo from there. Oh, nice, Tokyo first, huh? Yeah. Oh, very, very nice. I wanna this time when I go to Tokyo, I really wanna try this thing called Monjayaki. What is that? No. So, um. I don't know how to describe it. I've never seen anyone in North America like serve it. So basically, they pour just like runny batter on like uh, a giant stovetop grill. Mm-hmm. And then you take like a tiny little spatula, just like spoon size, mm-hmm. and you pull the batter towards you and then make it crispy. And then you scrape the batter and you eat a little bit at a time. Okay, so it's almost like an okonomiyaki. But not, it's not. But using, yeah, but different ingredients. Different ingredients, it's more runny, and then you cook, like, little, like, pieces at a time. Oh, okay, I'm I'm looking up. It looks, oh, it looks good. Anything with a crisscross, anything with crisscross mayo, you already, like, <laughs> have my attention. Like, I'm like, ooh, okay. Mmm... 
And that's all the time we have for today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like and subscribe. Perhaps leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to ask us any more questions, you can go ahead and follow us at the One for the Table Instagram. That's number one for the table on Instagram, and just leave us a message there. Thank you so much, and have a great week.